Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land, and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures, and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode of CanadaLand is brought to you by ND.ca. This company has a simple mission to provide Canadians from coast to coast with the best possible sleep at the fairest possible price. ND makes mattresses and they sell exclusively within Canada. Get yours at nd.ca slash CanadaLand and use the promo code CanadaLand to get 50 bucks off. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos, makers of the Sonos One smart speaker. Sonos is offering listeners of CanadaLand 10% off of an order of as many speakers as you like, up to $2,500 worth. This offer is available for a limited time only, and it cannot be combined with any other offer, discounts, or promotions. To get it, go to Sonos.com and use CANADA10, all caps, one zero, CANADA10. Okay, so for me, a big crowd would be something like, I don't know, the audience at a Hold Steady concert. And then, once every five years, I somehow find myself at, like, a Jays game or something, and I see what a big crowd actually is. And that is when I realize just how tiny my interests are. There is still a mainstream, and I am largely oblivious to it. 
And so it goes with news. Every week I do two podcasts all about the news, totally ignoring one of the biggest news beats out there, just because I personally don't pay much attention to it. Celebrity news is still news. Royal watching, reality stars, gossip, paparazzi, rap beefs. The audience for all of that stuff, it's probably much bigger. Of course, it's much bigger than the audience for the stuff that we talk about here all the time. And it's not like celebrity exists in some separate, mutually exclusive silo, never touching the worlds of politics, policy, social progress, economics, and and other very serious matters. So this is a blind spot of mine, for sure. And it is well past time for me to check it. And today, Shanann Gavani is here to help. Shanann Gavani reported on celebrity and society and parties for the National Post for like a decade. Currently, he is a columnist for the Toronto Star and for Hello! magazine. And his work has also appeared in Vanity Fair and the Daily Beast. And he's going to be with me in a minute. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Krista Byers Heinlein, Kathy Maureen Collins, Jeanette Van Esbrock. Avery Best, Alan Gasser, Joey Broda, Robert Wright, and Michael Liu. My name is Michael. I'm a college student in Toronto. I support Canada because I want to be informed about Canadian issues, but I'm too lazy to read. This episode is also brought to you, as I mentioned, by ND.ca. People, we are in a trade war. you got to buy Canadian. you got to buy Canadian to avoid tariffs and taxes at the border. you got to protect our borders, protect Canadian jobs. you got to buy Canadian mattresses because they're cheaper. And ND makes a mattress that is bester, too. It is, is bestest. It is a great mattress. It is a mattress in a box. You don't have to go to a big box store. They'll ship it to you in a box that you will be surprised by how small a box it is compared to how big the mattress that comes out of it is. If there's anything we need in this world that is more competition and division, and I encourage you to get on Team Canada in the mattress wars. It's time to take a side, people. If that does not compel you, uh, again, value should. They make this with Canadian materials. They avoid currency exchanges and tariffs. So you can get a king-size mattress for under 1000 bucks and take another 50 bucks off because you listen to this podcast. So go to nd.ca slash CanadaLand and use the promo code CanadaLand to get your 50 bucks off. And if you don't like this mattress that they send you in this box, you have a hundred nights to say, take it away from me. I don't want it. And they'll come and take it and they'll give it to charity and they'll give you your money back. So go to nd.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems... And just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. 
We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Finally, this episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos makes beautiful-sounding smart speakers with Amazon Alexa built right in. Start and control music in your home with your voice. Play songs, check the news, check traffic, manage smart devices, enjoy everything that is built into Amazon Alexa, and it is learning new things every day. It is becoming sentient. Why not be a part of the singularity? You can listen to whatever you want in any room of your house. You can fill separate rooms of your home with different songs, or you can group them together to have a crazy stereophonic, huge, huge sound experience in your house. Sonos One speakers are backed by a pair of Class D amplifiers and custom-built drivers. The sound is face-melting and pure. Do you want that? I think you do. Once again, get 10% off of your order when you go to Sonos.com. Have a look. See if these are for you. If you buy them with the promo code CANADA10, all caps CANADA10, you will get 10% off. Can't combine that with anything else. Check it out. Shannon. Yes. When one wants to establish that they are a serious and sophisticated and educated person. Yes. The cheapest way, I think that you can do that. Like mm-hmm. the lowest hanging fruit yeah. is to let it be known that you look down your nose at celebrity gossip, Kardashians, royal watching. Like, sure. Like that is the, the, the lowest hanging fruit. Right. Let's not have I, that I don't, conversation. Uh, I won't disagree with you on that. <laughs> I am looking for really uh, complicated industrial strength ways to broadcast to the world that I'm super smart and sophisticated. I'm not looking for these cheap way. So I did not ask you here to have a conversation with me where I demonstrate that I am so far above the work that you do and uh, concern for celebrity coverage, but it's not something that I pay a ton of attention to. Mm-hmm. And every week I'm putting out two podcasts about the other news stuff. Of course. Politicians and policies and these world events. But of course, it's probably of less interest to the population at large than the kind of journalism that you have spent a career doing. Yeah. So we've never talked about it on the show. Right. It's time to talk about it. Let's I got to talk I, about it. Yeah. I got to I'm trying to get my head around it and, I, and the royal wedding is sort of what prompted this conversation yeah. between you and I. I guess I would start with like a thought experiment and Let's like do that. take away the loaded words gossip or tabloids or even celebrity culture and just sort of boil it down to its very ba- basic essence which is people talking about other people. Yeah. And I suggest you go to any restaurant and any night of the week and eavesdrop on what people are talking about. They're talking about other people. And it's not just the purview of um, mean girls (laughs) at the cafeteria table or unsophisticated people. People are talking about other people in the back rooms of our legislatures. People are talking about other people 
on Bay Street, on Wall Street, in the agent rooms of Hollywood. I mean, that is just kind of a hardwired thing that we do. Yeah. <laughs> we're interested in each other and, and we're especially interested in the misery yeah, just of one think, another. Just, just uh, think about it on a micro level of how we talk about each other within our own families. Yeah. Or within our friend groups. If you take that and extrapolate to the fact that these people become kind of like conversational glues, celebrities I'm talking about, then people are talking about people in the way people have always talked about other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not in a completely separate silo from news coverage. What was the Gawker motto that uh, today's gossip is tomorrow's news? Sure. And not new at all. I mean, I always say during the caveman days, they were gossiping. It only took two other people to gossip about one other person. It, right. took, it started with three people. <laughs> and you can go down to great currents of history and see how what we may now see as capital H history did spill out as gossip. Like, you know, I read this amazing biography of Marie Antoinette a few years ago, and it was amazing how, like, the revolution was happening partly because in the streets of Paris, these pamphlets were being sort of handed out, the equivalent of our of our tabloids right now, yeah. basically us or Star or whatever. But these tabloids were exclusively dire information about uh, the royals and about Marie Antoinette in particular, about her lesbianism, about her sexual, you know, prowess. And was it fake news? Was it, it... Possibly, yes. And um, in the house of mirrors of history, the the fake and the real sort of maybe became uh, indistinguishable. It's possible. But I bring that up because I just think like this sort of purient interest in other people's lives, especially the lives of people who are powerful or richer or more famous is something that's always been going on. Rilis Smith used to call it uh, gossip is a red silk dress running ahead of itself dressed up as the news. Now there's a continuum here <laughs> yeah, because there's an aspect of glorification and stargazing and just giving the people what they want, who's dating who. Yeah. But then there's, there's an a, economy to it, of course. Yeah. But there's also an yeah. aspect of these people put themselves, they want the attention, they're making a lot of money and they're getting a lot of glory and the paparazzi and the gossip writers hold them accountable to some extent and uh, take the stuffing out of them. And there's, we don't have to go back as far as Marie Antoinette, you know, even into like these like classic Hedda Hopper versus Luella Parsons yeah. stuff. Where do you put yourself on that continuum? Is your job to celebrate celebrity or is your job to, I don't know, take them down into the muck or at least like, you know, shine like a harsh light on them and say like, here's, it's, it's not all what they want you to think. There's actually yeah. the truth of it. I think there's been a, an evolution in, in the way I look at it myself and what interests me. I think when I started my career at the National Post, there was a lot more of who ate where, who was with whom. Um, but I was always, like, I was the kid, like, in high school, I'd read every Kennedy biography there was. Yeah. I knew everything about, like, the Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton, uh, Debbie Reynolds triangle. I mean, I was just, I don't know why I was interested in other people, but, you know, I was. But I think now I do come from it from a place of uh, celebration. What interests me the most is listening to other people talking about gossip stories because it's always revealing to me about so much more than the actual celebrities. If you really listen carefully to what people think about 
I don't know, a couple breaking up or uh, some scandal du jour. It gives you a peephole into their own appetites, their relationships, yeah. their ambitions, their feuds. Because I think what's fascinating about it is that it becomes this part of this common language for people to talk about, like their values and their interests and stuff. It's, it's sort of fascinating to me. So where, yeah. what is your fascination with celebrity? Tell us about you. Like, that's a weird thing for a kid to be into. Like, other people will listen to, I don't know, hardcore punk albums or read comic books. <laughs> Not all following no, I, the yeah. Kennedys. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know if I was quite, like, keenly aware that I was interested in that way as I am now. Yeah. But I just think people are fascinating. And, like, I'm always interested in, like, the chasm between how someone is presenting themselves and delusional to how other people see them. Yeah. You know, and like the ego involved and all that age old jockeying for position and animal kingdom stuff. I mean, what's not interesting about that? I mean, you could go back to any like historical moment and, yeah, I mean, we may not remember dates, we might not remember wars, but remember the people. And it's often about someone being undone by hubris or, right. you know, or lusting too much or, you know. Sort of grand yeah. mythological themes, yeah. I guess. I mean, I mean but where, it's, but where been, did you... it's been around since the Greeks, right? Yeah. Where did you yeah. situate yourself? Like, were you a, a watcher or did you ever... Yeah, I was kind of a watcher. Yeah. Did you think, like, yeah. I want a ticket to that? I want an invitation to that party? I want to be one of the people who's talked about? Or were you always happy to be watching? Going to parties was um, something that happened almost sort of accidentally. I It turned out I was good at it. I was a kid. I didn't even go to my own prom. And I sat by myself at <laughs> school, lunch. Like, I was not a social creature in that way. Um, well, my that my awakening it? socially happened uh, later. Right. Yeah. Does that explain something? Like, you you made a study of this because Yeah, exactly. Went, yeah. So I do, like, I was sort of an observer. And, yeah. and I think that has definitely been one of the reasons why I continue to be keenly good at what I do. Yeah. When I first became most aware of your work was with the National Post, Mm -hmm. and it almost felt like there was a conscious and concerted effort to force on the part of the Post that, like, there is a star system in Canada. There are black tie parties you should know about. And I always felt a little bit funny reading about, like, I don't know what the Weston family is doing. Right. Or what Jessica Mulroney is up to. Right. And give that the same kind of like, ooh, as you might, I don't know, an A-list American star whose pop culture output you're familiar with. Right. It's, it's almost like, who's that? Right. The vice president of what at Canadian Tire? Right. Uh, you know, who cares? Right. Was that something that you were like trying to bring to Canada? Or is that, is that like, well, you... I was a student of like, um, and I lived in New York for a bit. So, like, reading like things like Page Six and Liz Smith and Richard Johnson and, and Dominic Dunn at Vanity Fair was yeah. like a big, I can't speak for what the paper wanted, but my impulse was definitely to make characters out of our people and to create tableaus of, out of our places. There is a mythological sort of aspect to doing that kind of column. And I think it's celebrity at all levels works like that. I mean, would we associate people like Martha Stewart or Donald Trump now um, if they hadn't been written about in those columns in those ways? The only difference between doing it there during the 80s and 90s, there were like four or five columns battling it out. It would create like this perfect storm 
of ping pong. Uh, yeah. Of you know why should we care? We care about them because they're in the paper, and we and we write about them because they care. So it becomes this sort of vicious circle. I mean, celebrity. If you like, pare it down to what it is. It's a name being mentioned on a frenzied level over and over and over and over again. Number one, and number two, the image of the person being put in people's faces over and over and over and over again. So what does come first, the coverage or the celebrity? I guess that's yeah. an interesting chicken and egg yeah, story. But, but I think but, that's that's always been the case. But yeah. no one no one in yeah. New York ever had to like, you know, um try to introduce or develop a taste in the in the readership for Donald Trump or for gossip. It pre existed, it was always there. You know Well, it, I mean I don't we know. don't have four columns. You, yeah, you, you know, we don't, we don't like with you. But no, I, don't, I, I would disagree with you in that it pre-existed. I think it was covered, especially the divorce with Ivana, which is when, yeah, like, when he really became a figure, like pre-apprentice. Like it was covered like a soap opera, and like yeah, he was at parties, but I don't think like the taxi drivers cared until he was written about. My point yeah. is like um, when when you stop doing that kind yeah. of society coverage for the Post. Nobody picked it up, really. Like there, there, are, there are not four people competing. Mm-hmm. And even when you have like I don't know the, the McCain divorce, which is a pretty juicy divorce, yeah. um, where all the details came out. You know, there was like some 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 great feature journalism written about it. But yeah. you know, we just can't seem to get, with the exception of the Fords and a bunch of Canadians who became celebrities in the states. Yeah, there's a very very short list of Canadians who you could legitimately call like famous like right. like even to the extent where they could walk down the street and be recognized right. and on that list people don't relate to them the same way like if George Clooney or Drake were walking down the street you'd see people like oh my god and snapping pictures who is a made in Canada yeah, but English but Canada there's tons and tons of names in the New York tabloids which the average person wouldn't relate to either like if you're talking about the Hearst daughter here or yeah. the Astor grandson and they're they were covered so there there's definitely different rungs of celebrity so you think we could they, get there we could make well, it happen well i mean my only cautionary tale about this is that it does come down to economies of scale i always remind people there are more people in the state of california than there is in all of canada and you're talking about 10 times as more people, 10 times as potential eyeballs, 10 times as much potential gossip to get into the ether, into the in the oxygen level. So it's just totally different to try to compare it because, like, say 2% of the U.S. population watches a certain reality show on E. 2% of the U.S. population watching a reality show on E is a lot of people. Instantly, those people are famous, even on a microsphere kind of way, yeah. their housewives or whatever. But 2% of Canadians watching something doesn't really create an engine for it to happen. And then what happens is that 2% of Americans are watching the show and then the media picks up on it and it kind of creates a bigger sort of cloud around these people. So there is a method to the madness of just in terms of sheer Sheer numbers. Is it just a numbers game? Because, you know, when Kanye is tweeting weird shit, that'll trend in Toronto. Yeah. There's 35 million people in this country, right? We gossip here. We just don't gossip about our own people. People gossip in Quebec about about Quebecois stars. Like, And I'm not saying we should have one or we should aspire to have one. Yeah. But you kind of had a vested professional interest in there being public interest in these Canadian people. Yeah. Is it accurate to say, like, public never quite caught up with that? We don't care. I think certain people cared. And yeah. Like, yeah, so there's spheres of influence that way, right? Um, but, I mean, 
having just gone on that diatribe about economies of scale and stuff, I also do think at the same time what you're saying is true in that the only geography is the internet. And so you can have people beyond borders who don't have to have to physically be somewhere to be mythologized or, yeah. or, or uh, codified or something. You know, it's interesting to me, like, on a micro-fame level, just the rise of Jordan Peterson. Like, that's, that's happening. That is a good example. That, <laughs> that is a very you know, good example. And he didn't have to, like, go to New York or London to happen. It's just that enough media have to cover it to begin with, and then the media feeds on itself. Yeah. Right? It might be happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can make a list now that includes, and because the geography is becoming meaningless, like, yes, it's true that the Canadians go to the States and become famous, but a lot of them are back here. And between... Well, yeah, and I always say, like, actors, if you're looking at actors specifically, they're gypsies anyways. Yeah, they live in, like, one place. Maybe have... The, that's where their tax returns go to. But, right. But they're people of, of the world. Typically, they go where the work is. Yeah. Know? So. But yeah, with yeah. B- between the Fords and Justin Trudeau, and, and I guess that part of it is that, like, you kind of need yeah, just, people. Yeah, Justin, for sure. Like, if you, what you were saying about would someone recognize him? Uh, no question. Street, that, that's happened. Now. We're getting past, like, yeah. you know, like like the other kind of celebrity, like, I don't know, if, like one of the bare naked ladies is walking down the street or, or if, like, Mansbridge was. People would recognize them, but they would just, like, it's almost like the reaction people have to Canadian made celebrities isn't awe, but, like, ha ha. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. there's a weird kind of like, I don't know, as if you just sort of saw your high school student council president or something. It doesn't have that same, traditionally, I, I would say, it hasn't, yeah. it hasn't had that kind of like godlike aura around these figures. They have yeah. some hometown hero status or something. I don't know. I think that sometimes is something uh, something we like to tell ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of our, our pretty little lies. But yeah. Rob Ford had that. <laughs> Rob Ford, when yes. he walked down the street, like people, oh my God, it's Rob Ford. I need a selfie with Rob Ford. Yeah. But as you know, like that was uh, prompted up and given extra oxygen by the fact that it was covered in the U.S. press. And then that sort of, there was a kind of a, yeah. uh, a two winds blowing in each other. In yeah, that, creating yeah, that perfect storm. Creating atmosphere, right? Yeah, I suppose yeah, so. Yeah. One thing that I, I, I'm sure you've given a lot of thought to is that like now that all of these celebrities have their own Instagram accounts and their own social media. Yeah, the game is totally different. So how so? How is a day in your life different now than it was in the heyday of pre-social media celebrity coverage? Yeah, it, it is fascinating to me because like when I started my column at The Post, uh, I don't think I'm that old, but it was before Entertainment Tonight Canada or eTalk had started in the country. It was before there was a TMZ, like which is like I think circa 2007. It was a much more leisurely pace in terms. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 this is emblematic of all of of all media. The impact of social media, and particularly Instagram, is that like it's sort of taken publicists out of the equation because all of these stars and wannabe stars have their own broadcasters and have their own broadsheets, as you know. And they are able to talk directly to the fans and they're also able to fan up daily interest in an almost ongoing reality show of their own making. So you're able to follow along with these particular stars' lives. And the whole message of, like, stars, they're just like us. It used to be, like, they would put out the glossies and then you would need a tabloid to put out the uh, them looking not so great. Yeah. But that seems to be what they put out on Instagram is just, like, shots from their lives, quotidian stuff. Yeah. Uh, but managed. Yeah. There's the Beyonce model, which is entirely, like, not stars are just like us. Right. <laughs> so the problem with that, and, you know, it speaks to the larger problem in media is that there's just so much fragmentation of interests and fan groups. There are fewer and fewer common 
stars, you know, because everyone can decide to follow this person because they're not like all sitting down at nine o'clock to watch Dallas, like in the, the way they did in the 80s. And th in that way, there's been an inflation of fame and there are too many stars and none of the stars quite have the luster, except at a very top tier. They don't have the luster that they yeah. have at one point, which is why this Meghan and Harry story was interesting in that the fact that 30 million people in the U.S. watched this wedding. Yeah. Like something like Big Bang Theory gets like 10 million people and that's considered a hit No, there's show. hardly a mainstream anymore, but this was mainstream. Yeah, this was mainstream and intergenerational and playing into history. And so that was what was fascinating to me about it. Like, What's with the yeah. Canadian thing? I mean, besides there being just sort of like a British hangover, a colonial hangover, like Hello Magazine Canada filled with royal coverage. Like, yeah. Are we more interested in this stuff than Americans are? Well, I, I think so because uh, they wouldn't be putting royals on their covers like 40 out of 50 issues a year if yeah. that wasn't selling so i think there definitely there is uh something embedded into the canadian psyche i mean in particular with harry megan it became a canadian story because of megan's toronto connection so i mean i've personally like been meeting with reporters, news crews that have come from all over the world. Austra yeah. Australians, Brazilians, like all the Brits landed when she was living here. They were staked out here. There was like 40 or 50 of them at one point. Like, yeah. yeah. Here's why we can't ignore this. Whether we think it's meaningless, asinine trash, or we think that it's actually highly symbolic and meaningful and essential to our experience as human beings. Right. Or both. Or both. <laughs> right. Or yeah. neither. All of that analysis aside. Yeah, yeah. You cannot just say, I'm focused on serious matters of news importance and not on celebrity when Donald Trump is president, right? Yeah. Because the idea that you can kind of have this one bucket of personalities and events that is serious stuff and this other bucket that is celebrity stuff, the level of interest and the level of fame in the celebrity stuff. And the lingua franca is the same. That's the universality of <laughs> yeah. it. Has so eclipsed, like the number of people who know some basic information or are familiar with the personalities in the celebrity bucket, it's so much more big and powerful than people who actually take the time to understand policy or, or follow news events uh, mm -hmm. or the democratic process that it was inevitable that somebody from that one bucket was going to claw out of that bucket. Sure. And, you know, we're seeing it play out now in Ontario where, you know, the polls are suggesting one thing. It all feels very familiar to me. And part of me just wonders, is the level of Doug Ford's fame, positive and negative, yeah. the name recognition, the face recognition, and just the extremity of emotion, put that up against the number of people who even know who Andrea Horvath is, mm -hmm. and he just eclipses her. Maybe at some point, there's some kind of scale where it doesn't even matter how people feel about mm -hmm. him. The, the most famous person will always win. Well, I think it does come down to basic brand awareness. Like, if you look at these people as brands on a shelf that people are picking, and... In a brand-obsessed world, yeah. Um, like I interviewed Fran Lebowitz recently, you know, uh -huh. famous bon vivant, and she was great. She's one of the last greats. She's standing. wonderful, yeah. Um, but a, a one thing did stay with me when she went on her Trump rant, you know, and uh, she has a really good quote. She says, "Trump is a poor person's uh, idea of what a rich person is," which yeah. is pretty clever. But one thing she told me, she admitted is that she went all around the world. She was doing all these panels and stuff, and she told everyone there's no way. Yeah. There's no way that he would win. And then her sister said to her after he did win, well, had you ever watched Celebrity Apprentice? No. So she was completely 
out of the conversation. She was blind she was, to her own. She bubble. was in the park, two doors over, yeah. trying to analyze what was going on. I felt the same way with Rob Ford. I felt like when I was heading to vote, I felt like, okay, you know, this has been fun. There's never been more fun in the media than covering this guy's candidacy. And uh, the public obviously wants to send a message that we're fed up with City Hall. But, like, people aren't going to actually vote. We're not going to do that. Uh, And I couldn't have been more wrong. Like, I kind of wonder at a certain point, like, if that becomes a formula, would it be unthinkable to run a... But leaderships are very particular as well because that's a very sort of... um, animated uh, group of people voting. Yeah, uh, I think two things can be uh, true at once. Like, yes, the most famous person wins, and yes, he has the most name recognition because of Ford, but I also think that can work against you. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think there's brand awareness which can manifest in a very sort of hardened way against the person. Like, I think I'm familiar with people who wouldn't necessarily vote but are voting because... They don't want him in. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's an animating force uh, It'll bring either both way. to yes. the, yeah. 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 Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Given, though, the, the American example, I just wonder, you know. To- I mean, there's no real example. Yeah. Because the thing about the friend Leibowitz thing, you know, watching him, it's not that she didn't watch Apprentice, but just think about the fact that for 10 years, 10 seasons, there was a whole swath of the United States who watched this man sitting erect behind a boardroom looking like he did business. Looking very presidential. But he was up playing a character. He was a character playing himself. Yes. But that's branding. That's the world we live in. And it's a continuing storyline that people have invested in for a long, long time. I I think there's something to it. I mean, why why would you have multiple Bushes be president, multiple Trudeaus be prime minister? Why would you have name recognition, have anything to, in a democratic process, we don't have kings. And it's not new. It's been going on. There were two Roosevelt's, second cousins. And the Kennedys. So (laughs) obviously we, we, you know, fame and brand, whatever you want to call it, and the brand is kind of just like a new word for famous, you know? Yeah. That matters to people in a way that... uh, I mean, would Justin Trudeau be prime minister right now? If you look back at it in terms of the narrative, if he hadn't given that uh, speech at his father's funeral, that's kind of what became the crucible for people looking at Justin Trudeau, probably fanned his own ambitions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and the Liberal Party kind of like stoked it because they saw, oh, there's this guy. But I symbolically mean, placing himself as the inheritor of this legacy. Yeah, and it, but not that different from the royal wedding. Like, people are buying into this I know. generational thing. There's symbolism, there's pomp, there's pageantry. People are connected with him on a level that's very hard for some average person that wants to run for office can be. Because there's a storyline already there. I know, I just wonder <laughs> yeah. if it isn't, like, that part of humans that like that idea of, like, the king on the hill and the heir to the throne, like, that's kind of a gross part of human nature. To, I, like, I don't know. And then even, like, all of the symbolic warfare, like, just this fucking nonsense. I mean, that was one formative thing that led to him becoming prime minister. The other thing was him... I'm not, I'm not saying that's the only thing. No, but you, know, you, know, you know what else was? <laughs> yeah. A boxing match between him and Patrick yes. Bozo, which yeah, is, like, the yeah. fact like, that he beat up some tough kid who, uh, you know, has, like, a, a much more tough guy image and is and happens to be indigenous yeah also was a symbolic act that led to him well we live in a world of images and symbols like that Uh, allowed him to like you know part of the thing is people think he's soft so how do you prove you're not soft you do that like like it's yeah it's symbolic warfare yeah so the question is not in 
pumping up celebrity culture and, yeah. and dedicating yourself to documenting and chronicling celebrities. The question is not, have you wasted your life on something trivial and <laughs> asinine? The question, tonight is, have you ruined the world? That's the actual question. Have you contributed to a force that is ruining the world for everyone? I go back and forth about wondering if I've ruined it or if I'm just re reflecting it because I'm someone who reads like a lot of social biographies, social history and stuff like that, and it ain't new. What is new is... Uh, how immediate it is, how it comes to our phones, how, yeah. uh, you know, the levers of technology have, it's, have changed. But the idea that people are interested in the insides of other people's lives isn't new at all. No. It's actually the oldest thing. You mentioned... Uh... Fran Leibovitz and, and Dominic Dunn, and then there's you know Truman Capote, and and you know there's there's a tons of there's a literary tradition. But, but Truman Capote was also considered kind of uh, vapid. That's why I bring him up. And, and his time. There yeah. is a, a literary tradition of yes. stargazing, right? Yes. Of people who were arguably critics of the big egos and personalities of their time. Right. Well, I mean, uh, I think about we were talking about the Ontario debate that just happened. I mean, the fact that Kathleen Wynne opened up with the sorry, not sorry. I know you don't like me thing. The word liked is actually a very significant word and relates to what we're talking about. Because in terms of the emotional language that we all at some level, whether we're fully cognizant or not, are speaking every day to ourselves. It does come down to, do I jive with that person? Yeah. Uh, oh, what's going on in that marriage? Like, what's the, how, how are they still together? Or, oh, oh, her mother ruined her and stuff like that. I mean, this is part of, like, the conversational s standards of our time. You know, of all and, times. And, and yeah. some, some people would say that the public is never wrong. You know, that, like, if you... No, I wouldn't go that far. No, there, there, <laughs> some people argue yes. that, 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 especially when it comes to electoral politics, that, yeah. you know what? Not everybody went in and out of the platforms and, and weighed Hillary against Trump. Uh, but some people just looked at Hillary and made a personality assessment and yeah. said, you know, she's not on the level. She's yeah. not on the, and uh, there's something about the horse sense of the voter where you you look into, into the person's yeah. eyes and you make a judgment call as to their personality as to whether or not you trust them or not. Yeah. Uh, and there's a snakes and ladders to all this. That is this. an argument. I'm not making it, but that is an No, I, I think that it's a valid argument. I was going to say there's a snakes and ladders to this, but because think of all the news, some of the most biggest news stories of 2008, which we think is A-section stuff, but- if you really think about it, like it did sort of begin, have its roots in gossip, like the the Mueller investigation, the fact that Papadopoulos was talking to a guy in a bar, an Israeli spy in the bar. That's what ignited the FBI investigation. That, yeah. that later became, but it started with two guys in a bar. Well, look at me too. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, when it, I first heard the Gameshi story, it was gossip at a dinner party. It, you know? And ditto Weinstein. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that that was part of the whispers in Hollywood forever until some brave people decided to come forward, put their names to the stories, and then then it took on a life of its own. Yeah. Um, the line, what we like to think of as like gossip or personality coverage and actual news is thinner than we think. I don't know if we've gotten yeah. anywhere. So so those who pay close I don't know attention if to get to. <laughs> <laughs> if you are if you are making gossip, uh, if either one of us is is building a career based on uh, taking gossip in, into the public domain and uh, blame Ken White. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> yes. Let's leave it there. Yeah. Okay. Should Thank I? You. Thank you. <laughs> That's your Canada Land Show. Hope you liked it. Email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read every email you send me. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Our website is canadalandshow.com. We just published a long, excellent article by Jonathan Goldsby, a former patient 
of Professor Jordan Peterson back when he was a clinical practicing psychologist has come forward to us with her story of what it was like to be his patient at the moment that he was becoming internet famous and how she got caught in the middle. Read that at canadalandshow.com. You can also check out on our website a new episode of The Imposter that went up just a few days ago. It's a good one. And there is also a new episode of Commons, our original politics show, coming out this week. This episode was produced by TK Matunda. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Syndication is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Check them out online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to and so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will let me serve in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.